Good morning again. Um, welcome. So glad that you're here with us this morning. I'm so glad that God's here with us this morning. I, when we were praying before this service, uh, we were back in the conference room, we were praying, I saw this picture in my mind. A lot of times I feel like God speaks to me for my encouragement through pictures, images in my mind, and I think sometimes uh, for, for the body. So this is what I saw. I just uh, closed my eyes and I saw one of those moving walkways. You know, in the airport, I just saw this wa- this walkway moving, and um, and I felt like what the Lord's encouragement for us was. Maybe we all need to hear this this morning: is that God's always working; He's always moving. It's you know w- whether we're running towards something, we're active; whether we're just standing, God's always moving. And His invitation to His people is simply to join Him in what He's doing. Simply get on the walkway. Doesn't mean you have to run. It doesn't. You know, you might have burdens. Just get on the walkway. I think there might be some people here this morning who just need to hear from God. You're welcome to get on the walkway. I'm moving. Just that's that's a, a step of obedience and um, cooperation with God. So um, there you have it. Okay. <clears throat> well, um, this morning. Uh, we're not going to spend our whole time talking about it, but uh, the reality is our, our nation is remembering something today. September 11th it has been 10 years since uh, the attacks of September 11th, and it's, I just felt like it was important that we acknowledge that as a people. Um, Ten years ago, I didn't live in Indianapolis. Ten years ago, uh, we had made the decision to move, but we were preparing to come here from a little town called Ligonier, Pennsylvania, which is about 25 minutes from Shanksville. Uh, which is actually where Flight 93 went down. My wife, Jane, saw the plane in the air. She was out uh, that time in the morning. Uh, Our kids were smaller. She was outside. She saw the plane. She thought, man, that is really low. And uh, just a few minutes later, she saw three fighter jets coming. So, I mean, we were were there. The uh, pastor of the church that we were attending at the time was one of the first clergy on the scene. And, And so it's just, as with all of us, it's, it was literally close to us. And uh, if you've watched news, read anything, you know, everyone is talking this week, you know, how have we changed in 10 years? And so I'm not going to try to communicate all of those things. What occurred to me was that, uh, like with any tragedy, you know, you go to a funeral, there, there is an act of God that happens even in tragedy. One of those things, I think, as a people, maybe as a nation, certainly as believers, that I think was really impressed upon us was um, what it is that we have. Just literally the gift that we have of freedom, the resources that God's given this country. And I think we sensed that because they were threatened. We saw we sensed a change. There's a uh, I know that uh, churches were flooded the following Sunday after 9-11, it wasn't just people going, God, what's happening? I need you. Some of that was happening. But some of it was people recognizing, wow, my, my life got shaken and I realized what I have is very valuable. And so there was a sense of gratitude, really, that went forth from the nation. It's what happens when you go to a funeral. You realize, wow, I have to be conscious of what God's given me, my time, my relationships. And focus on what's most important, not on some of the extraneous things that we can get distracted by. Um, So I think there's a sense of gratitude that comes. Uh, Secondly, priorities change. Obviously, governmental priorities change significantly on 9-11. 
Um, and, and I think that in some ways that's a, as we remember it, it's a call to us just to remember what it is that we say is most important. I was at a retreat uh, led by someone else a couple of months ago, and, and they were talking about um, your deep desires, knowing what it is that God has placed in you that he wants to do or speak or release. And um, this, the leader of this retreat kept saying, sometimes there, there comes a time in life when you need to reorganize your life literally around what you say is most important. And I think that that happened for us to an extent as a nation. Maybe just it's another invitation this morning that we, as the people of God, would uh, let God speak to us about what it is that we say is most important and organize our lives around that. Um, In just looking back on 9-11 this last week, um, Jane and I, my wife and I, are good friends with the woman who actually was overseeing she oversees the national park service in western pennsylvania and so she was primarily responsible for creating the memorial that's there right now and so i just thought gee i wonder if you know there's anything out in the internet about joanne um and um and i i found a letter this is going to seem complicated but it seems like it fits to me i found a letter that she had posted uh, on, a, on a governmental website. It's the notes of a meeting about two years ago while they were dealing with some challenges related to the Flight uh, 93 memorial. And um, this is a, a public servant, governmental employee, and this is a national government meeting. And, um, and uh, so here's part of what she says. My name is Joanne Hanley. I'm the superintendent of five national park sites in western Pennsylvania. <clears throat> As a caretaker... I take my stewardship role seriously. Since I'm the caretaker and steward here in Western Pennsylvania, as well as live here with my family, I think you should know that you have a right to know your superintendent. This is her speaking in a governmental uh, um, meeting. Who she is, her priorities, her allegiances, and her professional and personal feelings about this project. Now, I knew Joanne before she knew the Lord. And I saw her priorities shift over the years, even within this job. And here she is speaking about her job and understanding herself as a steward, as a caretaker of resources given by someone else that belong to someone else, and she's caring for them. So this is what she says. First, my priorities and allegiances. Number one, my number one priority in life is to my Lord and my God. Second is my family. Third is my country. Fourth is my avocation, which is my calling to be a public servant and manage these special places in America with integrity, honesty, and collaboration. Fifth is my vocation, my day-to-day job, part of which is planning, developing, and implementing the Flight 93 National Memorial. I just thought it was fascinating that here's a friend of mine, you know, really intent on working around the, the, the memorial of what happened on September 11th. And her primary, the primary thing that she says to the people she's working with is, we're stewards. We're stewards. We're caretakers. In one sense, even this country and the memories of this country, good and bad, they don't belong just to us to do whatever we want with. We care for them. And it it struck me because the the series that we're in right now is is really about whole life stewardship. I'm talking about, I, I, I titled the series This Way to Freedom. Because I think there's incredible freedom for the people of God when we realize and acknowledge and live out of the principle that everything that we have comes from God. God is the source of all that we have. 
That was week one. Week two, we talked about this, that everything we have belongs to God. Not only does it come from him, but even while it's under our management, it belongs to him. You see, there's great freedom for the steward of God's resources when we realize, yeah, I have responsibility for these things, but they belong to God. Ultimately, God is responsible. Ultimately, God knows how much time you have. He's given it to you. He knows what your natural and spiritual gifts are. He's bestowed them on you, just as he decided to. He knows how much money you have. He knows your ability to earn. He knows it all. There aren't any shocks for God. There's great freedom in the life of the believer when we recognize it comes from God, it belongs to God, and my responsibility as a steward of God is this, faithfulness. Just faithfulness. Perfection? No. Perfect success? No. Faithfulness. As someone said to me after the first service, you know, Randy, you said success wasn't important, but they said, really, faithfulness is success. I thought, that's good. And then I asked them to give this message, but they had to leave. (laughs) Faithfulness is success, right? It's easy for us to manage our lives and, and, um, you know, uh, determine the, the value of our lives based on are we doing well or not. Success. For God, that's really not the point. For God, the point is faithfulness. That's what brings a smile to the king's face. The king of all the universe. Faithfulness. Have you done what I asked you to do with what I gave you? We're stewards. That word literally means it's like we have dominion over the works of God. God created all this. Remember Genesis 1? Created everything and he said, Adam, now you take care of it. You steward it. You supervise it. You subdue the animals. I've been working on that one. I walk, in the, I walk in the field, I see a deer, I say, halt in the name of Jesus. One of these days it's going to work. So, subdue it. We have authority. He, you know, uh, Adam got to name the animals. Why? Because God said, this is what cooperation looks like. I give you authority over my works. We misuse authority sometimes. Many of us are the recipients of misused authority, and that causes a lot of pain. Some of you are here this morning because of that. Because you need healing from God that only God can give. But we are stewards. I don't know if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I gave the image of the, in the New Testament, uh, the word steward originally understood as a house steward, or if you think of as a wine steward. So picture this, first century, there's the king, and he's sitting on his throne, and it occurs to the king, I'd like a nice glass of wine. So he says to the wine steward, Go down into the cellar where all of the wine that I own is. Pick one out for me and faithfully bring it to me so that I can do what I please with it. That's the concept of stewardship. And it's really the concept of Christian stewardship, too. If everything that we have comes from God and belongs to God and we're stewards, then when we think about our time and our natural gifts and our spiritual gifts and our money, it's just... Like God saying, hey, I deposited all these gifts in you. Um, I'd like one. I'd like to enjoy one. I've got something I want to do with your time. Because really it's my time. I've got something to do with your gifting. Because really it's my gifting in you. I've got something to do with your money. Because really it belongs to me. And when you give it, it's like you're just bringing my hand from heaven to earth. 
and doling out grace. That's the concept of stewardship. We're taking something that belongs to the king, recognizing it's of great value, and we're carrying it as if it belongs to the king so that the king can use it any way he wants. And so the key principle in stewardship is really this. Are you talking to the king? That's the, the basic principle of stewardship is are you talking to the king? Not are you, uh, uh, are you doing everything in your life perfectly? Not is every second perfectly accounted for, you know? Not do you use your spiritual gift perfectly every time? Not is everything all in order in your finances? Those are all good things. But the real, uh, the thing that brings joy to the heart of the king is this, when we talk to him. What do you want to do with your time today, God? What do you want to do with your gifts today? What do you want to do with this house, this car, this money? What do you want to give with my abundance, my overflow? What do you want to do with it? Who needs to be blessed? That's the concept of stewardship. Um, I heard on the radio this morning there was an actor. I can't remember his name. Cliff something. Just that guy, yeah. Thanks. Uh, who just died, I, I hadn't even, I, the name didn't mean anything to me until they said, oh, he was the uncle in the Spider-Man movie. You remember what, remember what the uncle says to Peter Parker? You know, um, he's speaking to him really about stewardship of his gifts, and he says, you have great power, but with great power comes, you remember it? Great responsibility. I thought, you know, I hadn't heard of the guy, but that line is a good one. I mean, that's, that's what he's remembered for now. That's the concept of stewardship. We have been given great power. I, mean, I don't know how you feel about yourself and your state of affairs today. You have great power. Your time, uniquely used by God. Your spiritual gifts, uniquely distributed by God. Your resources, whether you have a lot or a little, given to you by God. And with that comes great responsibility. I hope that doesn't make you fearful I hope you see the privilege. Wow. God trusts you. Is that a wild thought? God trusts you. First Thessalonians 2.4 says we've been entrusted with the gospel. The word is the same word for faith. You know, we have faith in God. Uh, Hebrews 11.1. 1. I'm going to get to my notes in just a minute. I promise. Hebrews 11.1 1, says without faith it's impossible to please God. God loves faith. It's the same word when it says we've been entrusted with the gospel. It's like, it's like God saying, don't hear heresy here. It's like God saying, I believe in you. I've given you all of this and I trust you. What a privilege to be trusted by the king of the universe with time, with talents, with treasure. What a privilege. And the joy, if you'll let it, really will erupt in your heart when you realize I am truly free to go out there. And see what God wants to do with his time, with his gifts, with his resources, through me. The responsibility, the number one responsibility of a steward, faithfulness. Not success, faithfulness. I want to read a passage from Matthew 25. It's not on the screen, so you can just hear the story. It's the parable of the talents, if you're familiar with it. If you have a Bible, you're free to turn. Matthew 25. This is Jesus speaking. And starting in verse 14. Again, it will be like uh, Jesus is describing the kingdom, the kingdom of God, the place where he rules and reigns. 
Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, to another one talent, each according to his ability. Each according to his ability, just as God's given to us. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. You want me to stop there? Yeah, me too. (laughs) Then the man who'd received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man. Harvesting where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Boy, that's hard. That's hard. I think God is serious about the concept of stewardship. I think God is serious about uh, his trust in us regarding our time and our gifts and our resources. I think he's serious. I don't think this passage is meant to inspire fear. I think this uh, passage is meant to invite us into collaboration with God so that we get the results that the, the first two servants got. What? We, we're entrusted and we invest what we've been given. We risk it. And we get more and we give more back to the Lord than what he gave us in the beginning. And we get the joy of abundance. Secondly, and maybe for me, even more exciting is we get to share in the happiness of the master. Like I just see the celebration for those first two servants. You know, a talent in those days, I don't think the scholars know exactly how much it was, but it wasn't a little. We think of a talent like I don't know what you think of, maybe a little baby coin might be worth a latte at Starbucks or something. We're talking about at least a third of a year's wages, maybe more. We're talking about something of great value. So just from the parable, hear this this morning. What God has given you is of great value. How much you have is not relevant. What you do with it is of supreme relevance. You might think of yourself as a five-talent person when it comes to time, talents, money. You might think of yourselves as a two-talent, half-a-talent. I don't know. It doesn't matter because the point isn't how much you have. 
The point is that you recognize who it belongs to and then do with it what the king wants. It's faithfulness. It's faithfulness. Somebody gave me a, a word here this morning. They just said, um, I, I hear these words. There are four words. I don't know what exactly they mean. I'm supposed to give them to you. And, um, and I love that because he didn't know what the end result of the word was. Do you have it? <laughs> We're going to see if I was right. <laughs> Drum roll, please. Isn't this fun? <laughs> I was right. The, the words he said... He said, um, he said, I hear these words, um, Yahweh, Yahweh, Jehovah, Hakim. Okay, so I took Hebrew. The first two, uh, the first, you know, two words I got, the last one I had to take a wild guess at. Yahweh means I am. It's the way God announced himself to, uh, to his people. I am. Jehovah is just a transliteration of Greek of that word back into, uh, into Hebrew. And it just means the same thing. So when the Lord says to John, Yahweh, Yahweh, Jehovah, he's saying, I am, I am, I am. And Hakim means strength. That's the one I had to guess at. And I'm really excited I remembered. So what's the Lord saying to us this morning? Through one person's obedience who really didn't know how it would do, just stewarding what God gave him, these words, didn't know what to do with him. I am, I am, I am strong. A breaker, a crusher of evil. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's the God who's present among us right now. The one who is, who is, who is strong, a crusher of evil. Thanks to AJ and his iPhone for that confirmation. So my point. We're stewards of what God's given us. We give it. John just got it. What do I do with this? Ask the king. The king says, go tell Randy about it. See, and we all get blessed by it. That's what stewardship is like. It's fun. And now we enter into the joy of the master. Thank you, John. Well done, good and faithful servant. You heard and you gave. And now we're, we're receiving the abundance of God because we get that reality of God's strength that he crushes evil in our lives. It's his desire for us. The um, requisite of a steward is to be faithful. First Corinthians 4 2, Apostle Paul is writing and he says this Now it's required that those who've been given a trust must prove faithful. We've been given a trust. Our time, our talents, our money, it's a trust. And God's just looking for faithfulness. What does faithfulness mean? What does it mean to be faithful? It, I mean, literally, it just means one who can be trusted with something very valuable. Think about it in terms of a spouse. If you say to your spouse, I'm going to be faithful to you, what are you saying? Here's what you're literally saying. I will not give what belongs to you to another. I'm going to guard what belongs to you, husband, wife, as so valuable that I won't give it to any other. That's faithfulness. And that's what faithfulness is to God. It's, it's, it's saying right back to God who gave us our time and our giftings and our money. God, I'm not going to give away, as it were. I'm not going to be uh, um, unfaithful in the way I use this time, this gifting, this money that you gave me. I'm going to keep you 
as primary. Like Stephen led us this morning. And Amanda led us in just keeping our eyes focused on God. That's one of the ways that God helps remind me how I'm supposed to pastor a church. Is he gave me this vision years ago. And I saw all these people before a throne. And there they were. And, and it was King Jesus. And I felt like the Lord said to me, just point them to me. Will not the king be faithful to lead his people? I thought, okay, I can't perfectly pastor a group of people, but I can consistently point them to the king. That's what I want to do. That's a part of my gifting and my privilege day after day and week after week is just say, I got some words and they might, some of them be good and most of them hopefully come out of God's word. But what I really want to say each week is, Talk to the king, because he'll lead you. What are you supposed to do with the time he's given you, little or a lot? Talk to the king. I'm not going to tell you how to plan your life, but talk to the king. What are you going to do with the gifts that he's given you? Spiritual gifts, the natural gifts, the abilities that are yours uniquely. Talk to the king. What are you going to do with the money? If you've got a tiny little or a whole bunch, the fact is all of us here are each one of us within the top one half of 1% of the most wealthy people in the entire world. It's a reality. What are you going to do with what God's given you? Talk to the king. Don't come ask me how much you're supposed to give. Talk to the king. He'll probably give a bigger number anyway. Because <laughs> he knows you. He knows what you have. He's given it. He knows what those gifts represent. And he can't wait to see you use them for a return in the kingdom. A, re a requirement of a steward is to be faithful. One who God can trust. Faithfulness in the parable of the talents is what's praised, right? To the two who invested and, re and had returned, the master says, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what he praises. Not, hey, I got five more, yay. No, faithfulness is what he praises, not success, faithfulness. I uh, read a story about uh, Senator Mark Hatfield was um, uh, visiting Mother Teresa in, uh, at the House of the Dying in Calcutta, the place where Mother Teresa and her uh, nuns would just care for the dying and the poor, children who had no chance at life, and they would just honor the life that God gave by caring for them on their way to death. And... Um, the story goes, watching Mother Teresa minister to these people, feeding and nursing those left, other, left by others to die. Hatfield was overwhelmed by the sheer magnitude of the suffering she and her co-workers faced daily. How can you bear the load without being crushed by it, he asked. In other words, I think he's saying, how can you see so much failure, so much death? Mother Teresa replied, my dear Senator, I'm not called to be successful. I'm called to be faithful. Boy, you, do you feel the freedom in that? You're not called to be successful. You're called to be faithful. Faithful equals successful. If you walk out this morning with that prayer in your heart, God, King, what do you want to do with this wealth of gifting and resources and time that you've given me? What do you want to do? God says, well done, good and faithful servant. And he's going to speak to you. He's going to tell you what he wants to do. And then success is really up to him, right? Success is really up to him. I can't tell you how many times 
I uh, get down from speaking a message. It's usually after a message I think, that was just stupid. <laughs> what a waste of people's time. Honestly, I don't always think that, but sometimes I do, right? I mean, you've felt that before. Like, what was I doing? I don't know what I was talking about. People will come up and say, that was incredible. It's usually those times that they'll say, that was incredible, that was amazing. And then they usually say something like this, when you said, and then they'll say a phrase that I never said. And then they'll say, it changed my life. So what do you do with that? What do you do with that? What pleases God is faithfulness. Apparently, he can handle the success part. Apparently, he's able to speak through me when I mix my words up and, and, and don't have a logical progression in a message. Apparently, when I get it wrong, he gets it right. So I'm just putting that out to you. That, I mean, somewhere out there, there's an invitation to you from the Lord. Faithfulness is what he's looking for. You know what that means? Take a risk. Take a risk. Go after it. Some of you are doing it. Some of you are right there. You're right on the edge. You're listening. The Lord's spoken to you and you're right there and you're giving it out. And you're, you haven't seen the return yet. God's smiling upon you. The return will come. And the joy of your master's happiness. Take some risks. Go out there. Make it happen. God's right there with you. Faithfulness is what God's looking for. In your time, Ephesians 5, Paul says uh, that we're to make the most of the time. Because the days are evil. Various translations of that. Here's the point. There's plenty of time for evil out there. But according to God and John and the Hebrew word, God's crushing evil. And he's doing it through you. Make the most of your time. There's evil to be crushed out there in your days. Make the most of it. God, where do you want to crush evil with my time today? Remember 1 John 3? Um, uh, 1 John 3, some verse says that the reason the Son of God came was to destroy the works of the enemy. Do you know how he does that? Through you. Through you. You crush evil. You destroy the works of the enemy when you cooperate with God, with your time. Evil's getting crushed. That's why we can look at our children and, and, and recognize that when we break the evil things in our lives, the lies, the patterns, etc., we don't pass them to the next generation. We realize, wow, the generation's getting stronger. The Lord has the next generation. He's raising them up. Because why? Some evil's been crushed in our lives. There was evil crushed in my mother's generation, so I don't have to live under the, some of the stuff that she did. And Jane and I are, are evil crushing every day, so our kids don't have to. And their kids even more so. And you know where we're headed. We're headed to the time when Jesus comes back. And the evil gets crushed once and for all. Now we're between the times, right? So sometimes evil gets a, a shot in. But we win in the end. There's another message. We win in the end. With your time, with your talents, your giftings. First Peter 4.10. I love this. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others. Each of you, that pretty much means everybody. Each of you should use whatever gift it's from God. The words charis, grace, whatever gracelet you've gotten from God, use that to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Do you, do you know what you're doing when you use your spiritual gift? 
you're 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 reaching your hand into a pile of grace and you're dispensing God's grace to people, to the body, to the unbelievers. You're a grace dealer. And people really need grace out there. They're hungry for grace. They're hungry for unconditional love and acceptance. And when you use the gift that God's given you, you are dispensing the grace of God. I mean, that, that's why I do what I do. Not that I do it perfectly, but I like to dispense the grace of God. Ten years ago, I was a businessman. Rotten one. <laughs> Honestly, I wasn't a good businessman. I was good with the people, but I'm much better at giving things away for free than selling things. <laughs> that's why I'm a preacher of the gospel. It's free. The payment's already been taken care of. So ten years ago... I'm sitting in Ligonier, Pennsylvania. I'm, I'm recognizing, you know what? I don't think, this is God speaking to me. I don't think I'm being a good steward of God's gift to, to me. I don't think I'm serving others well. And I was, uh, it was a uh, morning, uh, my family and I were camping, and I was reading a book, and in the book there was a quote. This is the uh, first week of July. And this quote from Frederick uh, Beekner. And, it, and it, I don't want to be dramatic, but it changed my life. <laughs> this is what he said. The place God calls you is where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. And I realized, I mean, I, I literally stopped. It was like six in the morning. Everyone was asleep and I'm sitting by the fire and, you know, stirring the embers from the night before. And I read this and I realized, wow, I am not in the place where my deep gladness and the world's hunger are together. Somewhere out there, 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 there are people hungry for insurance products, okay? <laughs> but my deep gladness wasn't in selling them. It, it's like I wasn't using my gift as God called me to use my gift. I'm supposed to give grace away for free. And so, I mean, it literally changed me. Literally, at that moment, I decided I've got to leave business. I've got to go back into ministry, even though I'm afraid of failure, even though it means leaving my extended family, even though it means a significant decrease in my long-term earning capabilities. I've got to do it because it's the place where God calls me, the place where my deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. What is it for you? I mean, can, can you let God uncover what it is that brings deep gladness to your heart? What is it? Because probably right there is your spiritual gift. Just work on that one with the Lord this week. Somewhere in your deep gladness. We're talking about more than a latte or pumpkin spice. I mean, deeper than that gladness. <laughs> deeper than that is something that just makes you come alive. It might be serving the poor. It makes you come alive. It might be the gift of giving. It just makes you come alive. It might be teaching. It might be mercy. It might be administration, though I can't understand why. It... It, it gives you deep gladness, though. It's just a joy when you cooperate with God. And for each of those gifts that God's given to you, there's a hunger that will not be met and fed until you say, yes, God, you can have my, my gifts. Oh, yeah, they belong to you. Okay, king, where do you want to use the gifts? Our money. God, it belongs to you. Where do you want to use it? Who needs it? How can I take the grace that you've given me and disperse it to the world that's hungry for grace?
You see, this isn't about amounts and success. It isn't about that. It's about listening to the king. It's about recognizing everything that we have comes from God. Everything we have belongs to God. We're faithful stewards of God's grace. And when we give it out, not only does he give it back, and he does give it back in time, in gifting, in gladness, in money, in resources, so that why? We can just thank God for it, enjoy the the joy of the master, and then give it out again. And it's like the wave just gets bigger and bigger and bigger until the world won't be able to stop what God's doing through faithful stewards. Faithful stewards. It's God's calling on us. It's our privilege as his people. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you this morning for the gifts that you've given us. For our time and for our our spiritual gifts so abundant and varied in this room as you've desired it. And for our resources. Thank you. You've released to us the the ability to earn money. And the, the, the vast wealth represented by this body of believers right here. Thank you, God. Once again, we surrender it back to you. And Lord, this morning, I just pray that each would be able to hear your voice. In answer to the prayer, King, what do you want to do with our time and our gifts and our resources today? God, thank you for the faithfulness of this body. Lord, we just ask for an increase now, an increase of, of Holy Spirit activity, of evil-crushing activity, because you're present and you're strong and mighty in our midst. We thank you in Jesus' name. Jesus crushed the enemy and evil is through the most humble act of giving himself to be killed on a cross. The perfect son of God gave himself as a perfect sacrifice so that so that the sin of everyone in the world could be paid for. If this morning you've never accept you're here, but you've never accepted the payment of Jesus life for your sin boy, that's the first droplet of grace that God wants to offer to you today you can while we're taking communion simply pray Jesus thank you for dying on the cross for my sins I believe that you rose again from the dead beating the power of the enemy Jesus come into my life forgive my sin crush the evil in my life empower me to be a faithful steward of all that you've given you pray that prayer and heartfelt and your life gets changed you are invited into the family of God unconditional love and acceptance life now and forever is yours if that's something you're interested in doing this this morning and you never have while we're taking communion you can come forward and we'd love to pray for you I'll pray for you in the front row answer any questions for you If you uh, have a relationship with God, this is the time when you say, thank you, God, for your grace. Just take a bit of the bread uh, representing the body of Christ broken for you and dip it into the wine or the juice representing his blood. There's grape juice on the inside stations and wine on the outside. So when you're ready, please come forward.
to the stewards of God are apathy and fear. Apathy says, I don't care what God says. Fear says, I don't trust what God says. Apathy and fear are evils that the Lord is crushing today in our lives. So if you recognize either of those, just a I don't care what God says attitude, you have an invitation to repent and agree with God that what he says is supremely important. And if you're in fear, you know, like that third servant who just said, but master, I was afraid. And you have a chance too to repent of that fear and to agree with God that he, is, he can be trusted, implicitly trusted. What God says, God will always back up with his power. So if the ministry team can come forward, we'll offer a chance for you to be prayed for this morning. And let's uh, pray and close our time together. Lord, we thank you that you're here and that you're speaking. And we ask, Lord, for any apathetic heart to be warmed again to the importance of your word. And any fearful heart, Lord, we confess it now. Our fearfulness. We don't, we don't want to ruin what you've given. We're, we're afraid, Lord, that it, we won't succeed. Lord, we turn from it now. And in faith, we say we trust what you say. We'll go where you tell us to go. So Holy Spirit, come and do the work in us that only you can do. And send us into the world to do the work that you want to do through us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like prayer this morning for anything physical, emotional, spiritual, would love to pray with you. Um, otherwise, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Have a great day.